0: Today's DISA Bulletin WFHB correspondent Abe Shapiro speaks with attorney Jeremiah Fry Pearson about a lawsuit against the rideshare company Lyft over its alleged lack of wheelchair accessible vehicles, or WAVs. Lyft officials cited limited supply of wheelchair accessible vehicles and driver availability as reasons why WAVs are only available to Lyft riders in nine cities across the entire U.S. To provide more insight on the issue, we turn to part three of an interview with attorney Jeremiah Fry Pearson of the disability rights group Westchester Disabled on Move Incorporated. So it was really uh, a deterrent in a way, would you say? Yeah, it's a, it's a deterrent to people. Transportation is such a key to access. And this is something that I think able bodied people don't really understand. You know, when you're in a and I, didn't, I certainly maybe don't fully understand it myself, not having experienced it, but certainly didn't understand it until I, I started working on this case and having all of these conversations about it with people. If you're in a power wheelchair, getting out into the world is, is more difficult than it is for able-bodied people, and transportation is essential. And what Lyft and Uber are doing is they're knocking out the taxi cab industry. If the taxi cab industry becomes more and more accessible, Lyft and Uber are out-competing them. And... Lyft Lyft is not doing its part of also providing accessible service, so you have people who are effectively shut out of a lot of the values of modern society. The transportation revolution that Lyft is bringing, it excludes people with disabilities. That's a step backwards. The ADA was designed to move this country forward and to create more equality for people with disabilities. Lyft's business model, as it relates to people with disabilities, has been an attack on the ADA, and an attack on the advances that people with disabilities have made over the last 30 years. And that brings me to a case that happened last month where a California judge in the Ninth Circuit Court ruled in favor of Uber with a case regarding whether Uber was required to provide wave services in Jackson and New Orleans, especially a big city compared to some of the nine cities I know that are required to provide services such as where Lyft is headquartered in San Francisco. Why do you believe the court ruled this way? And what would you do differently or s- similarly in the upcoming legal proceedings for Lyft? So there, there's actually been... Two cases like this, and Lyft won one, and Uber won one. Yeah. Um, and and you're you're right to raise the one that happened recently in New Orleans. I, I kind of want to say from the outset, I know the plaintiffs' lawyers who are involved. They are good people and good lawyers who fought the good fight. Lyft lawyers are tremendous lawyers, and I think Lyft has also benefited, and Uber has benefited by having these cases litigated in. San Francisco, which is Lyft's hometown. And because of that, there have been factual findings by the judges that are just wrong. And let me quickly talk about the Lyft decision in San Francisco, because it's wrong. There were a lot of rulings that are just wrong, and I say this with respect to the judge. Lyft's lawyers were great, and great lawyers sometimes convince a judge to make decisions that are incorrect. So there's two decisions in San Francisco in particular that blow my mind. The first of those decisions, it's a legal thing but it's a technicality. Lyft in San Francisco defeated the plaintiff's motion for class certification in part because Lyft convinced the San Francisco judge that there's not sufficient numerosity to certify a class. What does numerosity mean in English? To have a class action, you've got to have, courts vary on the number, but let's say 40. 40 is the highest minimum number. Yes. Um, so you got to have 40 people in your class. Lyft convinced a federal judge in San Francisco that there were not 40 wheelchair users in San Francisco who would use Lyft but for Lyft's refusal to serve them. With all due respect, that's insane. There are over 28,000 wheelchair users in the city of San Francisco, and courts routinely can infer numerosity from common sense. And if you have a class that, without being too technical, is basically wheelchair users who want to use Lyft but can't, pretty obvious that there's 40 of them in the city of San Francisco. You know, to hold otherwise, it would have to be basically that 99.999% of wheelchair users would not use Lyft. There's nothing that supports that. So Lyft got that argument, which is unique. And our judge in our case is considering that, and I'm optimistic that our judge will rule the correct way on that and certify our classes. After Lyft won certification, they went to trial. And you're right. San Francisco is one of the places where Lyft is required to provide service. They do provide some service. And what the plaintiffs said was, yeah, you provide service, but it's the worst service you could possibly provide. Please make it better. And they didn't really tell the judge how to make it better. We've got very detailed recommendations from Alex O. who designed the report in New York City as to how to make it better. But here's what Lyft convinced a federal judge of that blows my mind. Lyft convinced a federal judge that it costs Lyft more than $1,000 every single time it gives a wheelchair-accessible ride. And then Lyft goes, well, it's not reasonable for us to provide any more wheelchair-accessible rides because they cost more than $1,000 a ride. And the ADA, although it advocates for equality, it's also a law that's reasonable. I'm a big advocate for people with disabilities, I certainly wouldn't say that a company should have to spend a million dollars every time a person with a disability walks mm-hmm. into a restaurant. That's not reasonable. So how does Lyft get to this figure of over $1,000 a ride? Here's what they do. In San Francisco, because they're ordered to provide some wheelchair accessible service, they contract with third parties to provide wheelchair accessible vehicles, they pay those wheelchair, those companies a rate that is too high per hour to provide the wheelchair accessible service. They don't allow for cross-dispatching, which is what most companies have, all New York City cabs are, which is they let an accessible vehicle serve, able-bodied people and people with disabilities. So those cars that they're paying too much money an hour for, they can only take people with wheelchairs, which we think is stupid and it's bad business. And then they use what you mentioned earlier, which is the toggle. And what the bill is, is Lyft is hiding that it actually has wheelchair-accessible vehicles on their app. As an able-bodied person, if you open up your Lyft app anywhere in the country, you'll see all of the cars that are available to you. Standard mode, lux, black, environmental, whatever, whatever all the options are. But if you're anywhere in the country, but if you're in any of the access regions other than New York City and you want to find a wheelchair-accessible vehicle lyft enabled the toggle and the person who invented the toggle who was the head of Lyft's wave team, explained that it was quote an easter egg which for folks who aren't gamers which includes myself that means something that's really hard to find they don't advertise or make it known to the community that there are wheelchair accessible vehicles and then they pay a high hourly rate so what happens so lyft ends up paying over a thousand dollars per shift for these cars To sit in parking lots and not pick anyone up because people with disabilities don't know the service is being offered and able-bodied people can't use them. And then Liz says, well, Your Honor, we pay over $1,500 on the average shift, and the average shift only gives one ride. It's $1,500 a ride. That's true, but it's also insane. That's not how you run a business. We know if you turn off the toggle... Wheelchair accessible ridership will more than double because that's what happened when they were ordered to do it in New York City. And we know if you let vehicles cross this patch, they'll make money. So, what LIT does is it pays cars to sit in parking lots and not pick up passengers, which is the most economically insane thing you could do, and then turns around to the federal court and says, Guess what? This doesn't work economically. And somehow they convinced the judge that what they were doing was reasonable and that making changes was not. Um, Just one other minor thing about the San Francisco litigation. Lyft has never advertised its wheelchair accessibility programs except twice. Once when the New York City TLC made them do it, and the second time in San Francisco, which they just happened to do out of the goodness of their heart right before their case went to trial. Now, you're, you're probably wondering what their advertisement was. They mailed coupons to random people, and I don't think I'm allowed to say the number of coupons that were accepted. Oh, no, of course, yeah. You can count that number on all of your fingers and toes. That is not what an advertising program is. You do not do that if you are actually trying to successfully run a business. You do do that if you're trying to scam judges and avoid the law, which is what Lyft did. That's all for this week's Disabulletin. Abe Shapiro, WFHB News, Live and Learn.